वेलकम बैक टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑन चंडीगढ़ आई एम अभिलाष गौर एंड दिस इज माई पॉडकास्ट बुक्स प्लोरिंग द लास्ट टाइम वी टॉक्ट अबाउट चंडीगढ़ वी लुक एट वॉट लाइफ वॉज लाइक इन द रीजन वन हंड्रेड एंड फिफ्टी ईयर्स अगो दैट एपिसोड वॉज बेस्ड ऑन अ रिपोर्ट बाई अ ब्रिटिश डॉक्टर नेम्ड बेट्सन टूडे लेट्स टॉक अबाउट द बर्थ ऑफ चंडीगढ़ सिटी आई वॉज बॉर्न इन चंडीगढ़ इन नाइनटीन सेवेंटी सेवन and lived there till 2005 but this episode is based on a book by the american architectural historian norma evenson she passed away at the age of 92 last june norma's book came out in 1966 so it records chandigarh's early history i'll be doing more episodes based on her work but let's begin today's show now In the previous episode we found out that the name Chandigarh is very old. There used to be a small hill fort called Chandigarh overlooking the road to Kalka in the 1800s. But later historians say Chandigarh is named after the temple at Chandi Mandir where the city's military cantonment is situated. And Norma subscribes to this view. Some of you probably know why Chandigarh was built. But for the rest I'll summarize its story. The partition of 1947 gave Lahore, the ancient headquarters of Punjab, to Pakistan. It also brought hundreds of thousands of Hindus and Sikhs from Pakistan to Punjab. So all the smaller towns and cities of Punjab filled up with refugees. That made repurposing one of them as the new capital impossible. Besides, Turning an old city like Ludhiana or Amritsar into Punjab's capital with new roads, schools, waterworks, etc., would have cost more than building a brand new city. As for the temporary capital at Shimla, it was not easily accessible from the plains, nor was it centrally located in the Greater Punjab of those days. That was a time when modern Punjab, Haryana, and Himachal Pradesh were one state. Ambala was ruled out because it was the main military base for the northwest and would be the first target of enemy fire in a war. So the government of India decided to build a new city bereft of any baggage from the past. Prime Minister Nehru summed up the idea of Chandigarh when he said, "Let this be a new town, symbolic of the freedom of India, unfettered by the traditions of the past." And all of this happened very soon after partition. In fact, the process started just 2 months afterwards in October 1947. At that time, the chief engineer of Punjab, PL Verma, was in America. The new government of Punjab asked him to look into city planning with the aim of building a new capital. In August 1948, just 1 year after partition, the Indian embassy in Washington was asked to help in the selection of town planners. India wanted the plan to be ready by June 1949 and construction to begin immediately after. Now you might wonder why we needed foreign town planners and architects to build independent India's first state capital. Norma says this was necessary because British rule had diminished India's own town planning capabilities. I quote her, "For the last 2 centuries All major building projects in India had been handled by foreigners. More important than making a team of planners and architects was to identify a suitable site for the new city. Norma says 
eight sites were considered and the final location was decided in 1948. How this was done is quite a story too. She says the Chandigarh site was selected from an aeroplane. Yes, the officers flew over the ground and decided they liked it. No statistical data was used, nor were the costs and benefits of the city analyzed. So actually, no planning was involved. Norma says Chandigarh was designed, not planned. The brief was to build a capital, and the government thought once it was built, the rest would follow. People would come to live in it, and economic growth would take off. And if you think about it, Chandigarh in the 1950s was actually set in the middle of nowhere. I quote Norma again: Had the builders of Chandigarh been compelled to wait until the city could become part of a coherent and viable program of regional economic planning, it is doubtful that the city would have been built at all. Elsewhere, she writes, the city exists because it was made to exist, and also, the triumph of Chandigarh is that for better or worse, its founders succeeded in getting it built. They did so defying critics who described Chandigarh as a senseless extravagance. And it was an expensive project for a newly independent and extremely poor country like India. At the outset, it was expected to cost 35 million US dollars, a mind-boggling sum in the 1940s. Now, honestly, as a Chandigarh boy, I wish Norma had done a gushing review of my city, but facts are facts. In the late 1940s, the Chandigarh site was covered in fields and groves of mango trees. There were 24 villages with about 9,000 people who needed to be moved out. But here, the project ran into a hurdle. The village folk did not want to move out. They would remove the markers the land surveyors placed. Every time P. N. Thapar, the Chandigarh project's administrative head, met them, the meetings ended with someone asking. If you refuse to go, will you shoot us? Because we will never go unless you shoot us. India had gained independence non-violently. So how could the government build a state capital by violently evicting people? Yet, Norma says, the people's opposition ended only when the governor gave a public statement, threatening to shoot the villagers if they didn't vacate soon. After that, they cooperated happily. Perhaps. They wanted to prove their moral superiority over the government, and the site turned out to be perfect for making a city. Lee Corbusier, who made Chandigarh's final master plan, described the site as marvelous. His British colleague Jane Drew saw in it a quality of beauty hinted at in the paintings of Giotto. The very gentle, natural slope of the land from north to south was ideal for the many gardens Corbusier had in mind. But there were some doubts about the site's lack of water and the frequency of summer dust storms. Corbusier's other British colleague, Maxwell Fry, said the place had not one climate but six, and so construction of Chandigarh as an administrative centre with space for half a million people, stretchable to one million people, started. When Norma Evanson came to Chandigarh in the 1960s, it was far from complete. As per the plan, it would have been considered complete when the population touched 150,000. But in 1961, the population was just 99,262 people. 
She says visitors to the city got the sense of being forever on the outskirts of a town but never in it. But physically, the city was ready. In her own words, bones and organs of the city are present. It is only the flesh that remains to be added. We will continue our conversation about Chandigarh in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Book Exploring.